Welcome to Talk In Ship, the Venture Asheville podcast where we talk about issues and topics in entrepreneurship. If you're looking for a podcast on the windows and cruise cabins, that's another show called Ship Holes. <laughs> anyway, who are we? We are the Venture Asheville team. Venture Asheville is a high growth economic initiative of the Economic Development Coalition for Asheville, Buncombe County. We build entrepreneurs and get startups funded. I'm Jeffrey Kaplan, this ship's captain, director of Venture Asheville. With me, as always, is the wonderful, smart, talented, considerate, and creative Juliana Moonwalker, our master of interactive media. Moonwalker, what's good? Things are good. I gave blood this morning at our community mm. blood drive, so I'm a little, little loopy, little that lightheaded. But I've had 64 ounces of water before noon, which That's is the daily suggested amount. I don't wow. want to talk about is that a record. Maybe, perhaps. For you, I mean, I so I'm loving ever. water. Mm-hmm. Love I'm water. loving community yeah. blood drives. Super. Lots to love today. I Color was down pink. here in the office, and somebody ran down and said, "It's too hot upstairs. We got to cool it down." And I guess they got to keep the blood cold. I don't know. That was a new one for me. I yeah. I guess I guess you do want to keep the blood cold when I could feel it coming out of me on like the mm. way they wrapped mm-hmm. it around, and it was very very warm. Not to not to get too uh, graphic here. This brings but. us to today's guest. Um, <laughs> before I do, I realized when I wrote my intro, I forgot to put the part in where I talk about what I'm loving lately. Mm, what are you loving? There I go. I'm Director Venture Asheville and lover of, uh, in, a, in a distinct contrast to blood, I was going to talk about hummus. Pretty different. Pretty different. And because the thing I liked about hummus, I wanted to share was that I think it's the perfect condiment. You can use it with meat. You can use it with veggies. It's vegan. It stores well. It carries well. I think it's a really underrated condiment. What I do is I use it on my hot dogs and my burgers, as well as just some veggie and falafel. I put I really put on everything. If you remember that scene from the Zohan, Don't Mess with the Zohan, the Adam Sandler film, mm-hmm. there's a scene where Zohan's talking to his Israel, his Israeli parents. And there's this running joke about how much people eat hummus over there. That at one point, the dad takes his glasses off and just scoops it in the hummus and starts eating it off his glasses. <laughs> and I uh, I really relate with that moment in the film. Yeah. I eat it by the spoonful. Do you? It's so good. Yeah. My son calls it dip. And he will put his like whole hand into like a jar of hummus <laughs> and pull it out and like lick it off his hand. Uh, cute. When you know he's a two and a half year old, any older, that would be disgusting and weird. Um, that brings us to today's guest. Speaking of delicious vegan treats, our guest today is Gwendolyn Dare Hageman, who we met through a word of mouth referral. One day someone was like, hey, Gwendolyn, you're doing something pretty cool. You should know what they're doing at Venture Asheville. Maybe they can help you, support you one way or another. Gwendolyn, her real name is Dare, D-A-R-E, like the county in eastern North Carolina, and her company is Dare E, spelled like dare with an umlaut over the E, Dare E Vegan Cheese, the only vegan cheese that melts for real. We're going to talk more about that in a moment, uh, but not only is Gwendolyn the founder of Dare e Vegan Cheese, she's the winner of the 2021 Shining Rock Award, winner of a 2021 Venture 15 Award, and winner of, I think, 2021, maybe 2020. 2021 NC Idea Seed Grant. It's my first question for you, Gwendolyn. First, hello. Welcome to the podcast. What's it like to never lose? Oh, man. That's that's loaded. Um, 
I'm just a winner. Uh, <laughs> so it feels good. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. I've, I've always been super driven and, um, uh, excited about life, but I would never describe myself as a winner. So that will, will change the subject. <laughs> I think this like iceberg effect where we, we know Gwendolyn like today with this huge, incredibly impressive track record of success, but I'm sure that's like only the 10% we see there's a 90% under the water of the hard work and the stuff you've done as a chef, right? And you've worked in restaurants. And so tell us about your background a little bit. Like how did like, we're just catching it a snapshot in time, but can you talk about who you are, how you got to this place today of being the vegan cheese empresario of Western North Carolina? Yes. Uh, just so you know, they do call me Dairy Queen. Um, just, just, just so you know that one. Uh, I do have a tattoo of Cheese Whiz also. So that's another one. Anywho, um, so I started in, I have a degree in biology, you know, that's why I moved to Asheville. I got a, a degree in biology from UNC Asheville in 2013. And then I was like, oh, wow, I can't use this to do anything. And I got a job in a kitchen instead. My dad is a chef. I was trained from him. Uh, that's why I'm good at it because he was, uh, just imagine <laughs> your dad teaching you something. They're not the easiest on you. So that's where I first learned how to win is how to be really <laughs> is to just put your head down and work. And um, from there, I, I went into line cook. I went into pretty quickly realized that I wanted to take my drive and put it to what I was good at. So I'm really good at cooking, love food, who doesn't love food. And I went to Warren, I went to salvage station first. I won burger battle there. So kind of very opposite sides of the spectrum. Uh, WNC 2017 burger battle winner went to the food competition in the world food competition in Alabama of all places. And there I realized that, um, I had more to learn. <laughs> um, and I went from there, I, I was pulling pork butts out of the smoker every day. So I have a salvage station. We were very much barbecue restaurant. And when I started deciding I didn't want to do that anymore, I went into Warren Wilson and Warren Wilson was where I learned vegan cooking. It's where I was presented limitation, which is, you know, don't use, don't, don't use dairy. Don't use soy. Don't use gluten. Don't use, um, don't and what can you do with it? So from there, that's kind of where the spark of providing better vegan food became an idea. Um, and my students there wholly supported me and and pushed me in the direction of starting my own business, knowing that I wanted to do vegan cheese. So that's where it started. Um, and then all of the hard work you said, you know, you know, you know, the ten percent of of me now, the hard work of starting a business by yourself and uh, without funding and all of that stuff, um, really taught me <laughs> to be strong. And so, coming back to your winner thing, uh, it took it. <laughs> it took a lot of ups and downs to become that person. I want to talk about the cheese. Uh, when we were doing your NC idea application. One of the things that we really emphasized about why your cheese from this little startup in Western Carolina can take on the big companies is meltability. So I'm, I'm admittedly not a vegan, um, but I didn't realize that the melting cheese component is so important to the non-dairy cheese experience. Uh, 
And I don't want to give away like a trade secret, but can you talk about like the way you make the way you make the cheese that makes it so different and such a strong standout product? Yeah. So I actually just taught at the Organic Growers School Conference this weekend, uh, and I kind of talked about why we are so very different. Um, and there's three concepts of, of cheese, of really of food, is, which is flavor, um, texture, and then what it does, um, how, how you use it. So most of the stuff on the market right now is just made different. Our, our process, you know, the end, the end goal of being multiple is cool. Um, but my, my thought process in starting the business was following the cheese making tradition, which uses microbes to flavor the cheese. So ours is so very different because we don't add additives to, to create flavor. We add cultures and cultures then do metabolization of, of carbohydrates, fats, and sugars. Um, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, carbohydrates are sugars. Don't tell my biology professor. Um, so the, the microbes then translate their metabolic processes onto the medium that we have presented to it. So that's the first thing that makes us different is, is using time and microbes. The next step of creating texture, um, requires kind of just craft. So there's, there's a few different, you know, trade secrets I'm happy to share. There's tapioca starch, which will give you the melt and pull of a cheese that you, you kind of expect from a cheddar. Um, uh, this is the best example. You pull apart a grilled cheese and you get that, that pull and melt. Um, and then there's another thing that we use, which is fiber, uh, psyllium husk. So that's something that will give cheese body so that it isn't just a big old mushy mess. And there's also a thing called agar powder. So that is made from seaweed. It's basically gelatin that is natural. So those three are, are the trade secrets, if you will, to making something meltable um, and can convince you that it's, it's just like dairy. Fascinating stuff. And you, were built, you built this company off of three blenders. <laughs> yeah, vitamins. Right? Yeah. Amazing. So at, when I was at the class this weekend, I was like, okay, so we, I'm not going to show you how to make vegan cheese. Cause you'll just have to listen to a blender for an hour and that's not super sexy. So let me just explain it to you instead. Um, but our, our kitchen mates hated us, uh, <laughs> cause we've been in a commissary kitchen this whole time. And so sometimes they would just walk by us and go, go and we'd be like, sorry, <laughs> This is the process. Uh, it's loud. So given that, I mean, it's like comical, but it's also like a big part of your growth story. So you went from three blenders and give folks at home or listening an idea of like, uh, not sales numbers per se, but like number of accounts or volume of cheese you're producing and making a year. Like how big has this company grown in the last couple of years? So we started in 2019. That was all farmers markets, no wholesale accounts, just getting the word out. That was at River Arts District Farmers Market on Wednesdays. And by the next, I would say I, it took me about two weeks to get our first wholesale account, which was West Village Market, who is still our best account of everyone uh, across the nation that we have accounts for. So that's pretty exciting. Um but we grew from, you know, farmers markets only. And now we have, I think about 80. 80 stores across the United States. That's huge. I know you had 80 stores. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, are these all small independent boutiques and cheese shops, any chains, household names? So not yet. The Our big move this year, last, last, I guess it was the beginning of this month, I was approved to be for our first distributor, which will is, is basically the step that takes us from boutique stores to retail grocery. Um, our onboarding should be finished after our facility is done at the beginning of the month. So I would say by May, we're going to make the move into grocery stores, which is a huge jump for us. We probably do about a thousand units a week right now from our, our, you know, across the, across the U S um, which doesn't, you know, now seems like a lot. I probably used to do 50 when we first started. Um, but we've are, we've already started looking into how many units one order from a distributor would look like. And it's at least four times what we do a week now. So that's I mean, it's a three-year-old business to go from 50 units a week to a thousand units a week. So you're looking at fourth to 5,000 units. This is a huge jump in three or four years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's unbelievable. So you brought up your new facility. Can you tell us about what the facility is and how it's going to help you? So you're also, it's also a a real turning point for you, an inflection point. It's going from a shared commissary space where you would what, like rent by the hour or by the week to, you know, full time, a lot more overhead. So it, it shows the real maturity and growth for the business. Tell us about the space. Sure. So our business started in the basement of Chestnut. That was, I was the server upstairs. And I, when I had my idea, I went to Joe Scully, the owner, and I said, Hey, here's my idea. And as an entrepreneur himself, he was just stoked to kind of incubate my business in in the downstairs of Chestnut Restaurant. And um, we have totally been able to grow in that space. We're, we're not at full capacity, but I also knew that with the goals of going into dis- distribution, we couldn't do it out of a basement in downtown Asheville on an alley that a big truck can't get down. So that was the first driving force. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking for this new facility, although I did do the Google search. Um, I, you know, put, I just was like, what is real estate in Asheville? Like, I know it's really terrible as somebody that's trying to buy a house. What's it like as a business owner? Um, and the second place that I clicked on, I just had that guttural feeling of, oh my God, I just found it. And it happened to actually, it's, it's kind of like passed down along the, the Asheville food business train. So it was Bucci, Bucci Kombucha, uh, up until about five years ago. And they moved out and built their own facility. But from what I've learned from Sarah and Janine, the owners there, that place incubated and created their business to a scale that they couldn't have accomplished anywhere else. So it's already made for production. It's already made for distribution. Um, and it's huge. So we're probably in, we should probably share about 2,000 square feet right now. So maybe 1,000 is ours. And we're moving into 6,000. So like you said, a lot more overhead than what we're doing right now. Um, but the possibilities are endless. The The things that I would have to say no to in the space that we are now, I can absolutely say yes to. And then our only issue is to get more staff. So yeah, I was there painting my office there this morning. And the next step is next week, we're going to turn everything on and make sure it all works. So um, it's been a it's been a whirlwind <laughs> the last two months. We we signed the we signed, I guess it was the beginning of February. So here we go. What what a typical entrepreneur story that you're the same person who's sitting in the trash, painting your own office, doing the hiring for the team, negotiating with distributors, and getting to national chains of grocery. It, it's unbelievable, Gwendolyn. Um, tell us about your team. How big are you now? And what do you need to grow to to, to fill the capacity you're about to you know live into? 
Sure. So right now um, I have a, I have about five time, five full-time employees, not including myself. The, I started obviously all this all by myself and I, my first full-time, oh my gosh, it's been a year. I hired him a year ago. So my first full-time guy came on as my kitchen manager and then I hired a general manager in about six months ago. And that totally changed the game for me to not be head of day to day um, and kind of put that hat on to see things from a, from a higher perspective. Um, I'm so lucky that my two people that are, that run my business are so excited about what we do. Um, they've seen the growth that we've been able to accomplish in a very short amount of time. And it's honest, it's honestly like, we're like kids at like for before Christmas for the, with this new facility. Um, the sense of ownership that we now have over the business as a team is incredible. And, um, yeah, my, the most recent hire, I didn't hire, I let my staff do it. I'm very much about creating, a creating expectations and then giving you trust to do your job. So they hired a really great guy and I just came home, I came back from Expo West and I was like, oh, wow, you know, like you work for me now. And that was, that's a whole new, that's a whole new set of things, but I'm, I'm really thankful and happy that I have the staff that I do. So you don't have a lot of business owner experience in, in your background. A lot of kitchen work, a lot of technician work, teaching, um, which I think so my my bias is that that does lend well to business leadership. But um, wh- where do you think this this streak in you comes from of, of this tenacious, tough, hardworking, you know, CEO founders coming from? I don't know when it started. I remember when I was in sophomore year, I told my parents, Hey, I'm going to graduate next year. And they were like, what are you talking about? Um, and I did, I, you know, I went to the guidance counselor and I said, how do we do this? I'm bored. Um, and so I did, I graduated high school in three years, the first, first of my school. Um, I don't know where it, I don't know where that came from. I've always been like that. Um, I've always, you know, when I, when I didn't make the basketball team, when I was in seventh grade, I practiced all year. And then I was so good at basketball the next year. I just presented with a challenge. I, I certainly excel because it, it challenges my brain. Not to interrupt you. Is that the last thing you lost? (laughs) Is that it? Seventh grade basketball team? Yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, what was his name? (laughs) Mr. Welch. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my dad, technically he was an entrepreneur. He had, um, uh, American repair is what it was called. He had a repair business. So he was a chef, but he's just same dabbles and loves to learn. And, um, I don't think that business lasted terribly long, but, um, there's, there's certain things once you start a business, you're like, yeah, I can do everything. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm actually not good at some of this stuff. <laughs> so I've, le- I've learned that about myself. So, yeah. How has the city of Asheville, and by that I mean the people here, resources like ours, and this really tight-knit, strong group of food and beverage startups, how has that impacted uh, Dairy's journey? Oh, man. Um, I am so happy I started my company here. I actually specifically started it for Asheville, having been in the food industry, seeing what we needed. Um, But I didn't realize how awesome (laughs) every single business owner in Asheville is and how willing they are to see the success of somebody else that's willing to take the jump. Um, I've just been 
open with welcome, welcome arms from every single person. And especially knowing how difficult it is to be a small business owner and knowing that they're still willing to give you your, their time and energy and, um, words of advice is, whew, I'm, I'm, I'm happy as heck. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've learned so much from, you know, elevate from the people, from all of the connections I've been able to make, um, these, the people in Asheville are, are something else. The community here is important. So you've hinted at it a little bit. My, my last question before I kick it over to Moonwalker is um, <laughs> what's next for your company? So you've already mentioned the space. You're looking at some national accounts. Um, what else is next for Dairy Vegan? How big is this thing going to be? Um. That is that is still something I think about every day. Um, when I found this space in February and I was going through that first scale-up process, I was like, I'm never doing this again. This is enough to drive me crazy. Like, I can't do this twice. You know, it's like starting the business all over again through this scale-up. And then, you know, last week I was like, this is great. I'm, I could do this forever. Um, so it's never, it's never the same feeling. You have to go through the dread to get to the happy. Um, but... Yeah, I I think I would be happy growing my business to the full capacity of the facility we're in now. Um, maybe having some type of exit at the end there, um, or or keeping some of it. And you know, you know, I just don't know. I want it. To, I want to be able to saturate the southeast region with the best vegan cheese that there is. Um, if if we're presented with a bigger opportunity than that, we'll take it as it comes. Cause that's how I've done it the whole way. <laughs> it's just amazing. You know, yesterday, uh, Moonwalker and I interviewed, uh, Ginger Frank with Poppy Popcorn, who's eight years into business and you're only three years into the business. Um, and at eight years, you know, she says that this thing has gotten bigger and become, a, uh, just a venture she couldn't even have imagined four years ago. You know, so I think about that, right. That she was further than you, right? In timeline, timeline-wise, not realizing the full potential or how big or how impactful, how important Poppy would be to our community today. Mm-hmm. And I look at you, and I think the same thing. Like we haven't even seen, you know, an ounce of your potential and what impact Dairy Vegan is going to have uh, for this whole area. And, and as, as a testament to the quality, one of our mentors was doing blind taste tests of your vegan cheese with non-vegan cheese at a dinner party asking people what their favorite cheese was in the cheese board. You know the story, right? Mm-hmm. And and your brie cheese was chosen as the the favorite. So uh, if you can find it, I recommend um, picking up some dairy vegan cheese in local stores, the, the West Village Market, South Slope Cheese Shop. Where else can they find it in town? French Rock Co-op. Um, there's Herschel's in Black Mountain. There's um, Trout Lily in Fairview, Hendersonville Co-op in Hendersonville. Um, full list on fi- under find us on our website. So we're, like I said, 80 stores, lots mm-hmm. of choices. All right. Moonwalker, last question goes to you. <laughs> First, I want to say I had a very similar experience where it was on a cheese board and I was like, this, what is this one? What is this one? I need this one. Um, and it, it was the vegan cheese. Who knew? <laughs> and I'm not a vegan. Um, so yeah, I guess you've talked a little bit about your dad and how he's come on board in your business in the past few months. And I just want to know, like, what is that, that like to work with your dad with your baby of a business, you know, that's growing so quickly. And it seems like you have a good relationship. Cause I don't know if I would bring, I mean, I have a good relationship with my dad, but I don't know if I would bring him into 
into my workplace. So what's mm-hmm. that like? Um, it is important. I, I actually had a moment with him before I left. I was just getting into the car, had just painted. I was like, okay, I got to go do a podcast. Um, and he said, have I told you lately that I'm proud of you? Um, and I like stuck my head out and I was like, uh, I don't know. He was like, you amaze me every day. Um, you know, and I was just like, well, thanks dad. <laughs> and then drove away. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, I started this by myself and it was mm-hmm. COVID. It was, you know, I'd just gone through a breakup. I just put all of my energy into my business. Um, and it was, it was really hard to do this stuff by yourself. So, you know, I have my staff, but having dad, like having, he's had a business. He at least gets it on, on some capacity. And man, it's, it's, it's just so wholly beautiful to, to like I was I was painting today and I could see him through the window and he was doing some shiplap stuff. And like that's just the cutest thing in the world that I get to <laughs> hang out with him like and be productive and um and he's you know he's basically set this whole facility up for success like with his experience of you know 30 plus years of of working in kitchens he knows the flow he he knows the equipment that we needed he's he took so much stress off of me that um i honestly i would be a different i would be in a different headspace right now if he hadn't been here so um i was worried too i i i love my dad but i was worried too and it's just been it's just been amazing no, no complaints. So as, as good as that felt to hear your dad tell you how proud he was of you, have you turned around and told him how thankful you are for him being part of this business? I'm sure I have. I, I need to take a moment and just be like, catch him off guard like he did yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. We'll I hope one day my kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one day my kids make me a job. That would be great. I would, mm-hmm. So uh, I'll have to have them listen to this in 15, <laughs> 20, 25 years. <laughs> Um, that's a really sweet moment to end the podcast on Gwendolyn. That's, that's unbelievable. It's a great story. We're so excited <laughs> for you and your success. Um, thanks for being on talking ship. Yeah. I hope, hope you're now a shiphead. I, I will be up shiphead. It is. <laughs> shiphead it is. All right. Find Gwendolyn's cheese everywhere in Asheville and on her website and find us. And, um, we'll see you in the next episode of talking ship. Bye.